It is the third day of Christmas. So if I'm counting right, three French hens, two turtle doves, and fridge in a pear tree. Mary and Joseph, in their third day of Christmas, were in a very difficult spot. There was no room for them at the inn, as we remember the story. And in the midst of a birth that was unprecedented and threw everything into chaos, and in the midst of Roman oppression that caused everyone to have to go and have a census counted uh, for, for the political purposes of power of the empire, in a time when there was great oppression and great darkness for God's people, Christ was born. Not in the comfort of being surrounded by family and friends and loved ones, but in loneliness, in isolation, in darkness. Perhaps that has resonance, a little more resonance for us this year, this Christmas. So it may be worth pausing and exploring that story a little bit. Because perhaps in that story, there is the light of Christ that we can be reminded of that sustained not only Mary and Joseph through that baby Jesus, but can sustain us as well. Does that sound good? Because if it's not helpful, we'll go a different direction. Okay. So... No room for them at the end. When God, through the angel, asked Mary if she would bear this sacred son, do you remember her first response was, how could that ever be possible? Right? It's a great question. You know, there's this image that has emerged out of the church of Mary, Mary, meek and mild. Do you ever hear that hymn? It drives me crazy. Mary was not some meek and mild woman. She, was, she must have been a fiery, in the best sense, feisty, independent thinking young woman who had this deep relationship and trust with God enough that she would say yes to something that seemed impossible. And it's into that family with Joseph, who had such courage to also say yes to God and yes to Mary, to join with Mary, to raise this holy child. Wow. So it's Mary and Joseph with courage and love coming together in the midst of this oppression and this loneliness and, and being present to the birth of God, of the incarnation in the world together. Now, if anyone, do we have any parents here? Anyone who has parented an infant at some point in time? So do you remember around day three, right? And you're just exhausted, mama and papa, you're just exhausted. I remember my husband and I, you know, you'd be holding the baby in one hand and, and trying to write down our feeding schedule with the other, and we kept that book because it's so funny because you can't read what you write or anything. You're just, just so tired. 
And yet at the same time, you are caught in that mystery of love that is that new child. It's that, that both and thing, that we can be both exhausted and in wonder. That's what these 12 days of Christmas are about. It's so good we don't just hop right over to Epiphany. Oh, you know, the light, the light. No, we're still, we're still like with the little light right now. But brothers and sisters, that little light is the light of Christ, is the power of love to heal, to transform, to be with Emmanuel, God with us. And there, as we heard in our gospel, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. Cannot overcome it. But it does take tending. Just like raising baby Jesus took tending and attention and care and courage and trust. And when you look at where Jesus came, when he started his ministry, right? He was like 30 years old, okay? 30 years old. And he comes to the synagogue. This is in Luke chapter 4. He comes to the synagogue. He opens up the scroll, and he reads. And this is how he's proclaiming his ministry. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to bring good news to the poor, release to the captive, recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free. This is the love that Mary and Joseph raised him in. This is the love that God infused into him through Mary and Joseph. This is the same love that God infuses into us so that the Spirit of the Lord is upon you, upon me. The Spirit of the Lord has anointed you and your neighbor, look around, has anointed you to bring good news to the poor, release to the captive, recovery of sight to the blind, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, of jubilee, of joy, of opening up, of space to breathe, of the opportunity to walk in love with one another, to draw the circle wide and to draw it wider still, so that there is no barrier, there is no wall that can stop us from being this love of Christ in the world. Amen? Now, is it easy? No. But the gospel isn't about easy. The gospel is about deeply good. But it starts by noticing that light that's in you. Now, uh, can I share a little story of, a, of when I was at a, a church? This was in Atlanta. And I was there. Uh, we'd come to the season of Epiphany that we're getting to. We're getting to. Um, and instead of the passing, I had noticed that um, the folks I was working with, just such beautiful, beautiful people. But at, like every church, you go through a time where, um, or at least most churches, probably every church, where um, they had forgotten their beauty as children of God. Like, not everywhere, but just there was enough there that pastorally, that this was what the Spirit was inviting us to work with, to remember their deep beauty. And so what I did, because it's fun to be playful, right, is um, at the passing of the peace, rather than saying, the peace of the Lord be always with you, we would say, and you have to look each other in the eye, you'd say, I see the light of Christ in you. And then they would say it back to you. I see the light of Christ in you. And as we helped each other to remember the light of Christ in each of us, it transformed us. 
personally and as the body of Christ as we attend to it. One of the members told me this story, oh, sorry. and I share it with you as a very sacred story. Because there is a, a, a gentleman who was part of our congregation, and he was homeless. And so he'd come into church on Sunday morning, part of the community, and, um, you know, living on the streets, you know, he, he, was, he was dirty, smelled a little bad. Um, as a community, we really tried to be one all together. But sometimes things got a little tough between this gentleman and another parishioner who was in charge of setting out the food for the, for the, the um, not the, I was going to say the happy hour, but it's not the happy hour, the coffee hour. There we go. The coffee hour for the coffee hour. And, um, and you know, they both really were trying, but they started saying to each other, I see the light of Christ in you. And they'd say it back, I see the light of Christ in you. And this parishioner shared with me, she said, Mother Julia, after doing that for two months, it changed our relationship with each other. And it wasn't this trying to walk around each other to try and not insult each other or hurt each other's feelings or anything. It became a genuine encounter of heart to heart. It transformed. Because what we are called to build, we oftentimes talk about the kingdom of God, K-I-N-G-D-O-M. I like to call it the kingdom of God. K-I-N-D-O-M, the kingdom of God, through our relationships with one another. It's all about reconciliation and healing and love and joy in the midst of the darkness. In fact, where we find God more often than not is in those difficult places. But we have to notice. Um, another church I was working in, the parishioner led us on this wonderful day at the Art Gallery in Atlanta. If you've ever been to the Art at Gallery, it's fantastic. She's also an art teacher, and she explained to us that they did a, they did a, a survey, and the average time that, that a person spends in, time, in front of a painting engaging with it is 22 seconds. It's not very much, is it? But that, in fact, a painting isn't complete until you've really, like, the artist's work isn't complete until you've actually really spent time just gazing on it. You know, you can pay attention to the brush strokes and all that, but just that heart-to-heart -heart encounter. I think it's the same thing with God. If you take a moment and reflect on and notice those times when you encountered God, more often than not, in fact, possibly way more often than not. It's not something that's going on up here, but it's that incarnational grace right here that touches our heart and, and you can feel it. Does that, does that resonate? Like, I can think about God all day and I won't get anywhere. But if I take the time, more than the 22 seconds, but to notice where incarnationally God has touched me, and it may be through another, or it may be out walking, or it may just be in the middle of whatever, and dwell with that and nurture that grace, that light that's been birthed into the world in me, in you. That's where healing and transformation and grace and love and joy come from. 
We can't think our way into it, but we can feel our way into it. And I don't mean feeling in any kind of saccharine sweet way at all. I mean in an incarnational way. It's very real. So I'd love to invite us all in these coming weeks, these 12 days of Christmas, as we get up to the 10 drummers drumming, 11 pipers piping, to really take some time each day and notice where that light that is shining in the darkness that you are in the midst of, whatever that is, spend time with that light. Notice it. Allow it to infuse and percolate through every cell of your body. And see what happens. Be curious. Two, take time and notice the people you're around. It might be the people at the grocery store. It might be the people in your home. It might be at work or school. And notice the light of Christ in them. It's there. And as we do this, I'll just give you a little, uh, what's the phrase, sneak peek. It changes the way we live and move and have our being, to use the words of our liturgy. So I invite you this Christmas season to come with a little curiosity about the light that's already in you, about the light that's already percolating throughout your life in different places, to know that that life can never be extinguished. It is always there and to partner with one another, just as Mary and Joseph partnered together to bring forth Christ into the world. They were a part of that flow of God's love. Be a part of that flow of God's love and partner with one another to support that and draw the circle wide and draw it wider still and draw it wider still because there is nothing that can stop the love of God from flowing to us, from us to one another and from another to us. We may be just completely surprised by it. This is a season of surprise and wonder. May you know that to the very core of your being. Amen.